0: Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 175, for Monday, July 30th, 2018. folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the podcast by, for, and about working musicians here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: Here in Las Gatos, California, I'm Paul Kent. How are you doing today, Mr. Kent? Dude, I'm tired. I am really tired. <sighs> I, I had 23 gigs in July. Have you ever had a month of that many gigs?
0: Uh, When I was on the road, I did, yeah. Yeah. But, but not, not in a long time. No, that no. Well, <laughs> hard work. I'm trying to think how many gigs did I have in July? Right. Cause I, I got, it's probably
1: You're near, doing a couple of days
0: near 20. Yeah. That's the thing is right. Like in, in four days. So from Thursday night till Sunday afternoon, I played seven gigs. So that's, you know, that's a lot. But no, I don't think I've done 23 in a month in a, in a very, very long time. That's a lot, man. And, and my seven gigs only included one loadout this weekend. Right. And no load in. So you were loading in and out of every one of those gigs.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, I've got a bill and, you know, bill does the heavy loading in and out and, you know, without him, without him, I don't, I, there's just no way, but I just, we did, I think, uh, 12 or 14 of these gigs have been house rocker gigs. So, you know, it's the whole band getting there and, and then the rest have been some version of an acoustic thing, but. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Of course. It it is hard work, man. It is hard work. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I continue to think about my friends who have been professional musicians and do this all the time. And, um, you know, it is work. I mean, it's joy. And actually I can't say for any of the gigs, when you're in the middle of the gigs, it's still that same level of absolute wonderfulness. It's usually the next morning when you're feeling kind of sore. Like you can probably hear my voice is a little tired today. And, um, you know, it's yeah. fun. It's yeah. fun to play. And it's fun to kind of almost test yourself to see if you can actually live that life. Yes. But I'm doing it one month and I'm saying it's tiring. I, you know, I can't imagine a lifetime of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I went through a similar thing, you know, today's Monday. And so yesterday, uh, well, less than 24 hours ago, we finished our final Tommy performance, which was great. Like it the, the 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 band, the cast, everything really finally like I don't want to say finally, but it it gelled this weekend. It was good last weekend. I, mean, I You know, we talked about it on the show. I was actually really happy with it. And then Thursday night um things like just all of a sudden it was like oh okay <laughs> like it's gone to another level here you know we're just i i it, for me it was thursday night uh, honestly from my perspective for the rest of the band it was friday night right thursday night i ended that show thinking oh like i'm just playing these songs now it's it was like this it's is it's just cool. coming out of you it's just, just coming out it's just flowing yeah in fact i had a moment Uh, Speaking of flow, uh, we were we were only like four or five songs into the first set, first act, whatever they're supposed to call it. Right. It's a rock gig. So I think I'm in the sets. Um, And 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 as we were like ending a tune and some of these tunes have like, you know, big rock endings kind of thing, because they're who songs. It was Tommy that I was you know playing for. And as we were ending this one tune, um, I had this thought. uh, Once I share the thought, you'll know I didn't act on it. But I had this thought of, like, that I would, that's very common in the middle of a set, bands, you know, locked in, things are flowing. And the thought was, okay, you know, let's change the set list. Like, it's time to change the set list. You know, we should, whatever's left on the list, that's fine. But, but like, we can take some detours here and have some fun with this, you you know. And uh, as I said, obviously, you know, I didn't act on it, but it was just really interesting to notice that thought happening at a theater gig. It was like, Oh, this is like, we're really just, you know, flowing here. And then Friday took it to a whole other level. The whole band was just flowing. And, It just stayed that way through the, through the rest of the weekend. That's cool. Yeah. You know, and we ended Friday night and all kind of looked at each other like, wow, that was pretty magical. You know, that the last, all of these tunes, they're Who songs. So they, you know, they are all big, huge rock anthems because that's what the Who wrote. But the final song is that whole, you know, listening to you thing, which just happens over and over again. And it builds and it builds and it builds. And it really was magical on, on Friday And we all ended like, wow, that was amazing. And then, of course, you know, Saturday, it was quite honestly just as magical for the matinee. But because it wasn't the first time that it was magical, it was a different kind of magic, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And we sort of left the stage and everybody's like, ah, well, you know, it wasn't quite the same as last night. It's like, well, it's never going to be like the first time, you know.
1: (laughs) Uh So similarly we had an interesting weekend we had a a gig we've been doing for many years that's you know a sold out gig on Friday night and it was a great party and we played very very well and that was really cool but the gig we had Saturday is actually kind of interesting. And I bring it up because it's very relevant to what you're talking about. We played a house party for the friend of one of our band members. We've been doing this yep. for about 10 years. It's a pool party. We're in the corner of his backyard, cramped in together. Of course. We're, on, we're only miking vocals. Um, the drummer only brings a snare, a kick, and a hi-hat. Okay. And a ride. Yep. You know, literally, it's very, very low-key and casual. We played freaking awesome. And not only did we play freaking awesome, and you could hear everything, yeah. right? So that was one thing. We were so loose and relaxed. We took a couple requests. We just kind of – we and I just bring our song list to that. No set list for that. I, sure. And everybody just – we just call out because people – you know, for most of the time or just, you know, they're socializing or barbecuing or whatever it is. And we're kind of just there. Yeah. And then people, you know, around the last hour, you know, after they've had their dinner, uh, they're kind of more focused on us. And so we played, you know, we, we knew that and we held it out, but we played, you know, it was easy top song. We played a Pink Floyd song. We played Margaritaville on request. And, but it was, it was, so loose it was tight you know what i mean yes
0: i I, exactly oh that's that's the beauty of having a band that's tight is you can be loose about things and and just move as a unit sort of collectively together
1: that's yeah
0: oh that's a that's a wonderful thing
1: yeah and that that gig that that kind of almost i'm not gonna call it a throwaway gig but you know it's a gig that we kind of do as a favor to one of the guys you know um but we everyone walked out of that gig just feeling so good. The Sunday gig was just awesome. I mean, it just, yep. and then the Sunday gig, the Sunday gig might've been one of our best gigs in terms of, well, in everything. Now, remember we've, we have new material we've been trying to roll out. We have a new band member. We've been trying to get incorporated with our entire repertoire. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. been trying to find the rhythm of the stuff that, that, you know, drop dead works with this format of this band. Yep. And so there's been a bunch of moving lines. We've had many, many high points. We've, you know, in, and in general, I think we've been about an 88, you know, on a hundred scale. I think that's been our kind of our standard is a really solid B plus night in and night out, occasional A's, less occasional, but I you mean know, sometimes wow. a B, no C's, uh, maybe one C, but um, but it just felt like everything clicked, and I I think that that throwaway gig on the Saturday did something for the, us.
0: Those are the gigs they. I I, I'm sure it did. I've experienced the same thing where, you know, you have the, the, the normal pressure, right? Whatever the normal pressure is, and it's different for every band, you know, you have, you know, the types of gigs that you have or whatever, and there's the normal pressure. And then you finally get the gig where it's lower pressure. Again, whatever that means, but relative to where you've been operating, you get that low pressure thing and you're allowed to have fun, right? You can take your Mm -hmm. eye off the ball, more than you you allow yourself to at a normal gig. And that's when everybody starts playing together. It, I experienced the same thing. I mean, I've experienced it countless times as I've joined different bands or brought in different band members or whatever. It always takes that that lower key gig. Again, and it's all relative, but it takes that gig for the band to, to like pop and become the new band that it is. Right. And, and I had that recently, it was end of last summer with, uh, with Uptown celebration. You know, we play these private parties, we play these weddings. It's all, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a level of decorum that, that must be kept. Right. You know, and then we played a wedding and I talked about it on the show here. The wedding were the, you know, the first song that were the 15 high guys that were up and dancing in front of the stage (laughs) or whatever. Uh, And it was a wedding, but it was a wedding at a club. And and so it was, you know, it was definitively lower stress, especially that first set, because we weren't actually playing for the wedding guests for that first set. We were playing because we were set up in a band in this club and, and they required that music be played. So it was like, all right, fine. You know, we'll play like, you know, some credence and whatever. And, and, and just being able to do exactly that play, whatever, and just be a band and kind of loose. And it, you know, we didn't have to control the, you know, here's this and here's that. And, and at this certain time, this needs to happen and the bride and the, what you know, whatever, like all of that was out the window for the, for the beginning of it. And turned out was out the window for the whole thing. These people just wanted a rock band. And, and that was, that was what they got. But, but yeah, it, like those kinds of things, man, those gigs, they sneak up on you. And that's the, I think maybe that's it, right? You go into them, not expecting anything, and that's when the good stuff just gets to, you, yeah. you get to see it. It's probably always been there to be perfectly frank. Right. I mean, you know, I saw you guys play and, and you were awesome, but you guys, you. It, well, you, well, yeah, but you, you know, you show up for, for gigs and you're like, oh, we have to, you know, there's these marks that we have to hit and you're, you know, right. you're overthinking it. And your then game you face is on. Your game face is on. Whereas for something like that, you're like, I mean, it's, you know, barely one step above the rehearsal room. I, and again, I don't mean to downplay it, but that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you're not thinking at the level that you normally would. And that's, that's a helpful thing.
1: Yeah. If your goal is to have your band operate, Russ has the term one heartbeat, which I love, you yeah. know, you know, it, that's different than, than collections of pros who show up, you know, play great, and go home at the end of the night and, and go on to the next gig. I mean, that, that is one path through your musical life. Absolutely. But um, if your goal is to have a band and reach that Nirvana and your expectation is for that Nirvana thing, and it is, you know, and it's different than just jamming, like saying, Hey, let's have a rehearsal and just jam that, you know, there's a value to that I think as well. Totally. But, but uh, this, you know, enough people are listening, you kind of realize early on that it's, it is very relaxed. I mean, we're, we're dressed in shorts and bathing suits and, you know, flip-flops and that type of thing. And, uh, and all of a sudden you can hear, Oh man, we have some really good horn charts. I mean, these guys really play or yeah. oh, I never heard him do that in that song before. That is really cool. And then everybody, your, your combination of relaxed and relaxed enough to, to step out of your box a little bit and do something. And then, remind your bandmates why you're in that band, you know, why, why you were chosen to be part of this chemistry. And so, yeah, it was just really good. I mean, again, when the gig was coming up on the calendar, it was like, yeah, you know, all right, here we go again. And then you walk out of it going, that was really fun. The people are nice. So we played for, treated us really well. You know, it was three, it was a three to seven gig. You still have your Saturday night after that. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, there was just a lot of real good upsides. So then we went to Sunday and we played another, you know, music in the park type thing. And um I gotta tell you, I'm I'm almost to the point of not wanting to do any gigs when there's other bands on the bill, just because getting us on stage I was and say Mike, that doesn't
0: work for your band.
1: It's I mean it, like as someone it's who terrible. has
0: listened, and I'm sure all our listeners you you know are nodding their heads like, yeah,
1: you you've told this story enough. <laughs> Well, and again, uh, you know, this one was even stacked in our favor because our sound guy was a sound guy for the day.
0: Okay. But, you know,
1: having having 25 minutes to, to get us on stage and, you know, luckily, I think, again, because of the good vibes from yesterday, everybody was in a really good mood, like whatever, whatever. I, it, personally, I, you know, I had two incredible prior gigs within ears. I remember I said I was going to... I was gonna um, bounce you were gonna on the give in- ears, up.
0: and I noticed
1: I saw pictures, and there your yeah. in-
0: ears were, in. I was so happy.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, another friend of mine, who's a really well-known sound engineer in town, came to see us just because he likes the band about three weeks ago, and he said, you know, for your voice, you might want to try a Beta eighty-seven. Um, you know, I think it'll bring out some things, and. Um, I was asking around and they were saying, and other engineers were saying, you know, it's kind of hard to push that mic because, you know, yeah. you can't get it too loud in the monitors um, just because of the the response pattern to it. He goes, that's why you have to get back to your in-ears and, you know, don't worry about it. So we focused on it and I had two great Nirvana-esque gigs where the in-ears were in and didn't need anything out. They didn't come out and it was just, it was just freaking magical. But The right, this the right gig, vocal mic makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really I
0: never thought about it in that sense, like in terms of being able to hear enough that you don't want to pull the ear out. But that's totally true. Huh? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, but doing this gig with a with an opening band and 25 minutes to get on stage and and get going, uh, you know, I suffered from not having a great monitor Uh, in ears. Eventually I had to take him out. And, uh, but we'd made progress, Bill and I, and, you know, at least we, I think we have a good plan going forward for when we have time to set it up correctly. Good. But yeah. So anyway, crazy busy July for me, some cr- really cool lessons learned, some really fun music played and, uh, you know, music's going on. I did want to ask you something, you know, uh, Elvis Costello has taken ill. I'm, I, are you an Elvis Costello fan?
0: Um, I, I, and I'm not a huge Elvis Costello fan. I appreciate his work. I, I, uh, you know, I've obviously played a lot of his songs in in cover bands or whatever, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. A fan
1: enough, yeah. enough of a fan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I love Elvis Costello. So, you know, his first couple albums were, foundational in my music dictionary and 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 i and i saw him later in life actually you know he's kind of he's kind of van morrison like in that he goes through phases where he wants to play different styles of music and he puts together groups that that uh, that do different things i mean he's done burt backrack stuff he's done big band stuff he's done americana stuff i saw him on that america sulfur and sugarcane tour you know was and he reimagined a lot of his great classic material for that style it was really cool to me but yeah he's sick and i've been thinking about I don't think I can do a full tribute show to Elvis, Hmm. Um, but, but, you know, the songs that I would like to do of his, like what songs that you, I'm sure you played Allison, right?
0: Yeah. You and I have played that together. That's right. um, Played, uh, um, obviously Peace, Love and Understanding, although that's not his song. Um, And we've played Pump It Up. Well, it's a song
1: in that, in that he, he is, he recorded the most known version of that song.
0: Uh, is that true? Still, is Whitney Houston's the version that appeared on the Bodyguard soundtrack? Does that count for more? I had
1: no idea that Whitney. You saying that is the first I've ever heard of that. Whitney I, Houston? I don't. I
0: don't know if it was Whitney Houston, but it was on the Bodyguard soundtrack. So I think it was her. Whoa. Uh, here's the here's a here's a so there's, This is worth a tangent, right? We'll come back to Elvis Costello, but I was uh in a small audience. It was I guess it was South by Southwest or something. And Nick Lowe, the guy who wrote Peace, Love and Understanding or Peace, Love, Understanding, not and uh, was was there and he was talking and and it was a great speech. But he was talking about this one point where he was kind of at a, a low point in his life. And he's like, you know, I'm a songwriter. I'm, uh, you know, but I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do for my retirement. Like how I was going to pay for being retired. Like how, how could I retire? You know. And he's like wondering. And he's like, you know, I get some royalties, but was it enough? And he's like, so I was having this, like, you know, month of not depression, but you know, of kind of feeling low. And he's like, I was in my bathrobe. I walk out to the. The mailbox, and I open the mailbox, and there's a check from my royalty agency, whatever that is for him, for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's like, talk about a way to brighten your day. Now, you know, you got to imagine that this is all being delivered by a guy from Liverpool and, and so far more eloquently than I. And it was from that version that appeared on the Bodyguard soundtrack. And he, and he had forgotten about it. You know, I, he said, oh, I'm sure I'd signed off on it, you know, months before. He's like, these things happen. People want to do covers and I sign off and it's fine. And he's like, but, you know, you don't know that it's coming, especially something like that. Uh, until it just appears he says so that was that was quite a nice thing you know and he said that continued for quite some time <laughs> he's like my retirement was all sorted out
1: <laughs> that's quite a nice thing indeed
0: uh, yes indeed so anyway so so yeah we played we played that one together and then um uh, uh there's a did we did we play um red shoes together i feel like we might have
1: i don't remember did yeah you play watching the detectives what's that Watching The Detectives. I've never played that one. All right. well yeah. There are so many, though. Yeah. I mean, Less Than Zero, Welcome to the Working Week. Allison's great. You know, I don't know. Anyway, Elvis is on my mind these days and thinking about, I, I think one thing I would do, there is a beautiful version of Veronica that he does an acoustic duet with Paul McCartney that I'm going to do with Simon. That's nice. one for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. very nice. He did... Speaking of duets with McCartney, and maybe it happened at the same show. They did a great version of "One After '909" together.
1: Mm, um, that's cool. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite thing that you and I have ever done together.
0: I love playing and singing "One After '909" with you. We, we for for those of you. Listening, we do the version that's on the anthology. So the the straight eighth note version, not the swung, uh, like original version of of the tune. It uh, rocked. The, the I probably, was it
1: the first thing we ever sang together? That's
0: possible. Uh, we definitely played it at the first MacWorld All Star Band gig at the uh, at the the. Oh no, we didn't do that at the cooler. I I I feel like we did that at the first Cirque de Mac was the first one. I don't know. I have this memory in my head of of that that play. It just clicked
1: the very first time it we did. played it. It just
0: locked right in. Yeah,
1: yeah. Man, that's great. That's great. Great tune. That's good. But anyway, good. so you know, my message to the world is: think about Elvis, wish him well, play his music, get it out there in the ether. That'll that might be healing. Yeah, and uh, you know, so many great songs to choose from, and you know, such a amazing radio radio. I mean, just so many. Great, great song. Yeah.
0: No, he's, yeah, he's, he's a great songwriter uh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to tell an interesting story. So, you know, we had this, we had this seven gig weekend, so we did five Tommies and then two Rocky Horrors at midnight, which meant just like last week, we had a 29 hour period where we did like five gigs. And, uh, as an aside, It's really nice to have gone almost, well, it's not quite, I'm not quite there yet next week. I'll tell you how nice it's been to have gone (laughs) more than 24 hours without, um, with my hair dry. Um, just being, we were, you know, I mean, I'm playing these who songs and, and so, you know, working up a sweat and then being kind of in the enclosure that we were in, didn't help that any. So it's really kind of interesting just going an entire weekend with just, you know, sort of damp head, no matter what I was doing. But, um, you know, we, we set up and this show, Tommy is known to be cursed. Uh, it, it just, it, it's a difficult show. It's a tricky show and there's a lot going on and it's an opera, right? So it doesn't stop except for the the break in the middle, but it just keeps going. And so um, during the first act yesterday, I, uh, you know, it requires just a lot of focus. And I had, I don't know, I dropped a stick or something and was like moving things around between songs and and eyesight for the blind uh, had started. And that, that's sort of the last, the, the, that begins the final three songs of the the first act. It's eyesight, acid queen and, and pinball wizard. And, and then the act, the first act ends. And so the, you know, we're in the, the beginning of eyesight is just guitar and then piano. And then I come in with those, those big, shun, da, dun, dun, you know, on the, on the floor toms. And, um, And then the vocalist comes in after I do four of those. And so I was, you know, listening and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's almost time. All right. So I put my stuff away. I look at the music. Great. And I as I'm going to play the first of those and the sticks are coming down and they are definitely going to hit the drums like there's nothing I can do about it. I realize I'm four beat. I'm four bars early. (laughs) so in 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 that split second it's like okay well you definitely going to play the first one here because otherwise it's going to sound like somebody fell down a a flight of stairs because these drums are going to be hit you know you know (laughs) you got to deliver it and then you know i have like a half a second to think what to do next because we're on a click for that song and 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 that means that there are tracks that will be triggered at the right times but i just gave a cue to the stage that we are not where we we are, right? Because I played this thing and I have to do four of them before the vocalist comes in. So my, my, my quick thought, which thankfully turned out to, to be correct was, you know what? I'm working with pros. They know that this wasn't correct. If I play all four, they will follow me. Like they will <laughs> realize, okay, that's where we are. Let's go. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it alone. And and let the next three measures go by, and then I will play four of them in a row, and and the song will be on track where it's supposed to be. And thankfully, that's exactly what happened, you know. And I I I thanked uh, you know Michael at the at the separate the singer, and was like, hey, thanks, man. You know, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I heard that. He's like, that's kind of interesting. He says, it was sort of a foreshadowing of that which was to come. <laughs> like,
1: so so awesome. actually, I have I have questions about this because yeah, here's what happens on stage when someone does something unexpected in my band or at least in mm-hmm. actually I can't say my band in my head yes you immediately go to what else is going to go wrong what what else are you going to hear that you don't expect yep but then then what's in really interesting is other band guys start uh going through that same process themselves often with different results yes so so in a 10 piece band it gets kind of interesting but once something goes off the rails, I, I just want you to talk with me about when you say they're professionals, they'll get it. What did you expect them to get or 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 did are you saying I stopped soon enough for them to be able to interpret that this was just a brain fart all's good here?
0: All's all's good. That's right. that That's exactly yeah. what my thought process was was, you know we've we've done this show a lot. Everybody knows what's supposed to happen. Everybody is hopefully aware. Uh, and I had to assume that everyone was aware that what just happened was a mistake. This was a yeah a brain fart. Right. And and which is exactly what it was, you know, and, uh, and and these happen. And it's, you know, it's live theater. That's sort of the fun of it is it's exciting and dangerous a little bit. And, yeah, you know, and so and thankfully everybody interpreted it the right way, you know, but but it's just interesting, especially with the cast, because. I could see him, but he couldn't see me where he was staged and blocked. So there was no way for me to, you know, like even give him like a little, like, you know, we're good. Like that was me. That's on me. Right. <laughs> you know, stay where you think you are. You are correct. And and thankfully it worked out. But um, but yeah, it was one of those it was one of those split second moments. Like, wow, there is yeah. so much that it's not like. Oh, we started singing the verse early. Everybody just follow. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, so much needs to change if we're going to jump four bars in this particular song. Like, the click has to stop because the tracks are now going to be in the wrong spot, which, which isn't, I mean, it's not the end of the world. We've taught, we'd talked that through. And obviously, if somebody, like, if a vocalist jumped a line or whatever and didn't get back on track, it's like, well, that's what's going to happen. And okay, no problem. But, um, but, you know, it's like, you don't want to have to do that. And so thankfully it, it didn't. So that, that was, that was act one and then act two starts and it's like, okay, you know, final act of this, you know, whatever, you know, five weekend run. I only did like two and a half weekends of it, but still fine. And I was there for rehearsal. So I was there at the beginning and and, and there at the very, very end, very beginning, very end and, uh, and quite a bit of the middle. So final act, we're going up and, you know, we're even saying like, okay, you know, there's there's still an hour left. Like, you got to keep your game face on. Anything could happen. And the first song of the second act is The Underture, which is my favorite song to play. Now, those of you that don't know the Broadway version, the the Tommy album version, The Underture is like a seven minute song. And it's the same thing over and over again, and it just builds an in intensity every time until the final time where Keith Moon's just playing like it. He, he is not keeping time for the band. He's just playing essentially a drum solo through the whole song. The Broadway version is just that last time through. It, I mean, it starts a little bit subdued and then very quickly ramps up and just stays that way. And it, so it's just mayhem. In fact, I think the word that's written in the part to describe how I'm supposed to play is barbaric, right? So it's fun. It's my favorite song of the thing. Cause I just get to play the rest of the band keeps time and I just play all over it. And so we, we start the song and everything's fine. And, we just like we're, we get into the first phase of this barbaric part. And I hear this racket in my ears because we're all on in-ears. And, and it's like, you know, I'm playing and trying to figure out, OK, was this me? Like what what Mike picked up this racket? And I notice there's no longer a microphone on my snare drum. It's like, oh, cool. That's what the racket was. It fell to the floor like, well, I certainly can't fix it right now. I'm in the middle of, you know, essentially a, a, you know, a drum solo for, for 64 bars or something. And, but I did find a moment to reach over I, the, the app that I use to mix the sound for my ears uh is the, it, it also can be used to control the mains, the house board. Now I have to be very careful not to mess with that. Even accidentally, because you know, that's bad for me to be changing things <laughs> in the house, but I know I can do this. So I switched, to the house view quickly and mute the snare mic now the sound guy cannot see that level of detail is what's going on with me so he couldn't possibly know that that mic was no longer on my snare drum and i'm hoping in my head that he realizes that that is that that mute light is now lit for a reason and you know don't turn it off and and as it turns out he did he totally interpreted the message he's like oh i figured the mic must have fallen off great okay he says i saw it and i unmuted it and then the thought went through my head he's like no dave wouldn't have done this accidentally and he remuted it you know it's like okay good so it took me about five songs of you know, I'd have like a four measure break here or an eight measure break there and different songs or whatever. And it was like, OK, first I collected all the pieces and it was this <laughs> crazy thing. It's like, OK, cool. All right. Got him. Got to play. Got to play. OK, so play a bunch. You know, it's like, all right, let's reassemble this. Oh, OK, got to play. Got to play. And finally, I got it back on and it was there for the, you know, for the for the end of the act. And of course, once it was back on, I unmuted it and everything was fine. (laughs) But it was just one of these things It's like really couldn't have lasted another hour. Huh? That's cool. That was great. (laughs) I mean, I was going to I almost thought, like, well, why am I putting it back on? As soon as this song ends, I'm going to take it off again because I'm taking my snare drum home. (laughs) That's funny. Yep. It's just one of those things, You, you know, no matter how comfortable you get. And, and, and actually that made things more relaxed for me in that last act. Cause it was like, okay, look, you know, the, don't stress about it. You got other things to worry about. Just have fun playing. And, and, and so I did, and it was fun, you know, trying to solve this problem while I'm playing and having to do it quietly and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Kept it, uh, kept me on my toes, which is, which is good. But it it also got me out of my head. Like I wasn't focused on nothing good happens in
1: there.
0: Yeah. Nothing good happens in there. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's the, that's the thing. We talked about that a lot all weekend that, that whole concept of, you know, don't think so much, just, just concentrate and play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause otherwise, like you said, nothing good happens in there. Yeah. But it was like, how, how in the world? Why now? Why right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a lot of band gigs coming up? I mean, how, how's uh, Uptown Celebration doing? How's uh, How's Fling doing? Yeah, I probably you, Are got, you going to get busier?
0: Yeah, I probably got, f- you know, 5 or 6 gigs in the month of August with um I think there's th- I don't know, three or four Fling gigs, I can't remember, you know, where they they sit to straddle the line of the months and then a couple of Uptown gigs coming up and and actually some Monkey Fist gigs coming up too. So and I'm looking forward to that. We have a Fling gig on Thursday night we're playing they shut down the main street in our town one summer night every year. And, uh, you know, all the vendors kind of come out and people come out. Yeah. It's just a, just a good time. Yeah. And so we're playing that on Thursday night, which should be, I'm really looking forward to that. In fact, we, um, I mean, it'll be nice to play a gig where I won't be able to play it quite as, as, as much as I did at the Tommy gig. Cause you know, <laughs> it's, it's every song isn't about like the crazy drum part, but, um, But I'm really looking forward to singing and, you know, getting, getting, playing a gig where I get to do that kind of thing. And uh, again, you know, and we just added, it's interesting. You know, we talk about vanity songs. Um, We, um, there are some songs I, I talk, in fact, I talk about this, you know, our, our bass player, Burke and Fling is a huge Grateful Dead fan. And I, I always say how I feel bad for him when you know, he brings a dead song in because there's no way it's going to match the, you know, whatever the canonical recording of that or version of that song is in his head, some live version, usually with the dead or whatever. We're just not going to get there. And I always feel bad that, you know, it's not quite hitting that mark for him. And, and, and I, for me, I generally won't bring those songs in to me that are, that, that have that much meaning. Cause I, I don't want to be disappointed by them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, any given band is going to play any given song and it's no matter what you do, it's going to sound like that band playing that song. And some songs fling is great for, and otherwise, you know, other songs just like that's, it's not the right lineup to make it sound that way. Sting's um, bring on the night live album that was recorded mostly in Paris. I think on their, on his dream of the blue turtles tour, (laughs) It's one of those albums that kind of sits on a pedestal for me. It sounds great. The band played really well, and and
1: and it's the greatest players in the world.
0: It's the greatest freaking players <laughs> in the world, right? <laughs> Let's let us not forget that, right? <laughs> uh, and so I would, in fact, when I was in the blues band in Texas, we were all we all felt that way. The three of us felt that way about that album, and and we tried. We played "Driven to Tears" from that album, and uh, and "Consider Me Gone," and and we learned them. And you know what? We actually played them really well, but it never hit the mark for us. And, and we tried them live a couple times or whatever, it was like, nah, you know what? We're, we're doing a disservice to the way we see these songs. So they just fell off the list really, really quickly, even though we, we, I think we played them just fine. None of us wanted to play them. So it was like, all right, fine. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Mike shows up at Fling rehearsal and says we should play when the world is, is running down. And I'm like, okay, well, I might need to veto this out of the gate. And I, you know, I told this, I explained my position on this, like this kind of, this, like, I don't think it'll ever hit any mark for me. And I said, but you know what? I mean, it's rehearsal room. Like I'm open, but just know that like, this might not be okay for me. And everybody's like, yeah, fine, whatever. And then we played it. And no, we don't sound like Sting's band on that album because that's, that would be impossible. We sound like fling playing this song. But it works way better for us than I ever imagined. And mm. the groove works like that. That's a that's a great groove, either version of that song, because the police did it very differently than than the way Sting did it live. And, and our version is yet, you know, kind of a third interpretation of it. Um, but uh, but it works really well, like so much so that I'm excited about playing it. Like it's my That's really cool. favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. Mike sings the heck out of it. We've got a nice groove happening. There's a good little solo. We've added some little flourishes here and there to make it interesting. And, oh yeah. Like I can't wait to play it at the gig,
1: which is great. So the deconstruction of that is interesting because I, I'm on the same way, you know, I like I'm picky about my Springsteen stuff yep. and there's, so, and and the, this is not even on a level of technical Requirement No, it's not technical, sting- right? But it's a sound you have in your head, and that's the thing when you pick those reference recordings, live or recorded, harder you know, studio albums because of all the wizardry that mm-hmm. goes into making something like that. But even that Sting album, you know, remember, a some of the finest musicians in the universe, and yeah, what you're hearing yeah. is, is, and even those their-
0: musicians say it was like magical, like that band was the best band in the world and will always have been the best band in the world. Like they, they know that they'll never hit that mark again either.
1: Right. And that's the thing is, is (laughs) what you hear is a combination of several things. One is the uniqueness of what's in those musicians, hands, breath, you know, whatever that, that makes the sounds that they make the chemistry of those remarkable musicians, some pretty amazing technical wizardry that's in the live and recorded sound gear that you know makes it sound a certain way that resonates with you exactly but it is interesting that that uh once you can divorce yourself from that. Yep. And get back to the essence of the song that you like and then find something in a song that your band can, you know, add something to or bring to life in a unique way that feels good to you. That actually is kind of rewarding I, because, trust me, I get I get, you know, what Burke must feel with, with his Grateful Dead stuff. I feel this stuff with several rock and roll things. And uh, we play a lot of good rock and roll, but there's some stuff that I really like to do that never, you know, and it's, it's not all about technical proficiency, we've tried to play the Detroit medley.
0: Yeah. Kind of a rock standard, right? right? Yep.
1: Yep. It is cacophonous when we play it, you know, and even, even when we listen to us playing it and talk about it being cacophonous, it's just the subtleties that make even a great rock and roll record, even a great fifties or sixties rock and roll record there, you know, it's hard to play simple. That's one thing, you know, it's hard to really let space in when it's a simple tune. Um, The tech, the, 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 temptation overplay, but it is kind of a cool thing when there is that song and and you're, you're convinced it's not going to work because it's on this pedestal. And then your group of guys find some magic in it. And then all of a sudden it's almost the irony that this thing you said would never work is now surprising you and bringing you delight and joy. There's, there's just some magic in that.
0: Oh, totally. And, and, and the nice part is, I, you know, like I was able to experience exactly that joy and simultaneous with that, the irony of it, because I, I I knew coming in and perhaps it's because I was so aware. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this show and and all of that. I like I knew going in that there was no way we were going to hit that mark. And and somehow, like you said, I was able to detach from that and, and let that be its own thing. And, you know, our, when we were when we were learning Tempted, the squeeze tune, uh, I don't know, a few months ago that's another one that like really hard to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to get right. But fling is actually the right band in the right lineup to do it. Like we have the right vocalists and Aaron and, and we've got the harmonies, right. And everybody like, it's the right band. And, and, and we actually do it justice. But Aaron's comment, as we headed into this, he, you know, he was really hesitant about it for all of these reasons. And he said, you know, the, like, as we're getting ready to decide whether or not to play this at a gig, we must remember you know, do no harm. And it's like, oh, that's, a, that's a good way of looking at it. Like you're not going to, if the goal is to make it perfect, then failure is, is, you know, imminent. <laughs> it's imminent. Yeah. It's, it's imminent. Certainly. Yeah. If not already behind you, but uh, do no harm is, is a, you know, is a good useful. It's useful. Right. It's like, okay, we're not doing this song harm. Like I, I still like, I love this song and, and I love the, the way we do it. Um, and of course that could change. We could get much, it could be much worse than I think it is. And, and, we, or we could test it out, you know, road test it on, on, um, on Thursday and, and quite specifically road test it since we're literally playing in the street, but, uh, and it could be, it could be a disaster, right. But, um, but we'll find out. I don't think it is. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty certain that, uh, at least the way we've played it thus far is not a disaster. So
1: it's like, sometimes you play a song often you play a song, but sometimes you need to let a song play you, you need yeah. to just kind of let it flow. And tempted is a, is a really interesting case study on me, Cause you know, the changes are crazy. Mm-hmm. The groove is delicate, right? The the, the vocal. Yeah. Yeah. The vocal styling is, is, has its own thing. And you know, you, yeah, you, you can't, can't make that up. Yeah. 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 And so you, that's, that's, I get the do no harm. That makes a lot of sense to me. You just got to like inhabit the song and let the song play you, you know, you, you, the changes are numerous, but not hard. Nope. And, but that's right. But, yeah. but you can't be late on them. Right. And you no. can't, you know, there's no room for mistakes in tempted. Like there's nowhere to hide if you make a mistake and tempted. Nope. Nope.
0: And the other song we've been playing with, which again, you know, similar on the list for me, these three songs is Blue to Cult's burning for you. Um, again, in my mind, one of the perfectly crafted pop songs out there, uh, and it's a weird one burning for you is, but it's got great vocal inflections. It's got great changes. Um, the, the, the stylistic changes throughout the tune really kind of make it. And you need to, like you said, you can't be late on those. You need, everybody needs to be right there on it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then there's the vocal delivery that just is. There's no room to for error there. It just needs to be what it is. But I think we've been doing a pretty good job with that one too. We might road test that on on uh, on Thursday as well. But yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah obviously looking forward to you know these upcoming fling gigs with um you know with some of these new tunes. We've got some originals, cool. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keeps so, things
1: fresh. You know, it just totally. fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Yeah, we're house rockers. Have one more month of crazy busy. We have. I think we have 12 gigs. And so I have another 23 gig month in August. And mm. so, you know, it'll be interesting. And uh, <laughs> then it tails off a little bit in September and then, you know, kind of gets back to normal life in, in October. And, uh, but you know, you kind of get to that place where you're ready for the break, but, um, but if it's going really good, you kind of don't want to stop it. You know, you kind of like want to ride it a little bit more once yeah. you work so hard to get to that place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I felt that it, it's interesting. I had that thought about Tommy this weekend where it was like, Oh wow. You know, the band's playing really well. Like, you know, this is great. We're just firing on all cylinders and, and everything's going really well, every show. And I thought, you know, that's, this is the right weekend for this to end because it, it, the set, much to my, my guts, uh chagrin, the set, the set list will not change just because we're feeling good. You know, it's going to be exactly the same every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and you know, we're still able to be loose with it and fun with it. And eventually we will get over the excitement of having gotten it to this point where it's, you know, that like you said, we can sort of move one heartbeat. And, uh, and it was like, you no, know, we should end. And, and I really felt, I mean, it, it was, there was a, you know, a bit of sadness or whatever as it ended, but not really, it was more, especially when we, you know, we played that, that last, um, that last finale there, as it just built and built and built, it felt, you know, I had this feeling of, of, of being triumphant, like, okay, we got it here. Like Conquered, awesome. Yeah. We, yep. We got here. And then the bows, we essentially played pinball wizard, um, uh, with, with just instrumental and everybody takes solos and stuff, keyboard player and you know guitar players take solos as the, during the verses and all that. And, and that felt like our victory lap. It was like, okay, cool. Like we did this and, and now we, you know, now we get to have a little fun and, and then let's pack it up and go home. <laughs>
1: Well, just just to have a little fun with it. So yeah. let's say the musical director walks in and says, listen, uh, whatever you guys want for walk in music today, set the stage, do a good job. Yeah. What three who songs would you play to to warm up the crowd? Uh, the Seeker would be one
0: for sure. Great one. Yep. Um, since I can't pick something from Tommy, I can't pick Pinball Wizard. But that's that's one of my favorites to play, as you know. But uh, but we'll stay off of that. Uh, Baba O'Reilly. Would be yep. one, and we talked about doing and even singing Baba O'Reilly as a band um, for outro music, but it never it, it never materialized. So it'd be the Seeker of that, and huh, what would be the last one? I don't know. There, there's so many to choose from. You have a horn section? No, not for this. So five fifteen is is off the list. Otherwise, yep. it would definitely be there. Maybe, um, maybe who are you? That's a fun one to play. If if yeah. you got somebody that can like, if you have the right vocalist, that song is a blast. Magic bus, magic bus is good. Squeeze box is fun. I've played squeeze box yeah. a bunch. That's good. Yep. And for walk in music, maybe squeeze box is a good one. You know, and magic, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, It's good. We'll play cool the seeker set. on uh, on Thursday night for sure. We, we, that's that's a good one now. Now that you mention it, it's like all right. That's going on the list.
1: And pin, we Love should that pin guitar pinball, solo. Love that guitar solo. Yeah. That's, that's the epitome of, of Townsend's rhythm based lead work. It's just, it's a, it's a fantastically melodic solo. It, Absolutely it is. Absolutely perfect. It's song. perfect.
0: Yeah. And, and we don't even try to, uh, to, to come close <laughs> You can't, well, I mean, I like, I don't know. Like I guess you could, but I, I much prefer to play like the rush version of that song. They, they did that whole album of covers that they called feedback. I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And they put, uh, it, it that, that's actually a great album they've got some, some great covers on there but, but they did a cover of of The Seeker and and so I always just think of that as our Rush song since cool. we probably won't play any other Rush songs and, and and then the guitar solo is just a guitar solo I mean not that it's a bad guitar solo but it's not it's not that iconic guitar solo <laughs> yep. yep yep
1: so cool alright well we rock on summer we Dog rock- Days of Summer we're rocking on
0: yep that's what we do that's how uh, that's how we keep it happening alright well that's what I got for today we do good all right sweet man good catching up bro it was great to catch up folks it was great to catch up with you in fact we want to hear from you feedback at geekgappodcast.com please find us send us tell us just tell us what you think about the show and then if you got something to, to add or ask or whatever let us know do you have anything to add or ask paul
1: i just have one thing to add and that would be always be performing